Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Ministries International. We value the Word of God as an instrument of growth in our lives, using it to mend our ways, align our thinking, and ultimately bring restoration. We trust that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. So today, I want to talk to you and uh, center my message around the gospel of the kingdom. The gospel of the kingdom. And I want to give you a brief introduction of some of the benefits of the kingdom of God and of the gospel, what the gospel contains. And as I was preparing this morning for what I wanted to share with you today, I felt that the Spirit of God impressed upon my heart heavily that God, our Heavenly Father, for those of us who have been born again and washed in the blood of Jesus and have come into the kingdom of God, God wants you well. He wants you well. He wants you spiritually strong. He wants every single one of his children to be restored emotionally. He wants us well physically in body as well as financially sound. When Jesus paid with his own life for our redemption, he didn't just purchase part of us. Jesus paid the full price for our complete redemption. And he didn't just redeem part of us, but he redeemed all of us, spirit, soul, and body. And the Father wants to see the rewards of the sacrifice of his Son evident in our life. Isaiah chapter 53 and verse 11, speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ and of his sacrifice, says, He shall see the labor of his soul and be satisfied. Satisfaction in Jesus' mind and heart, is seeing the fruits of his labor, the results of his sacrifice, his finished work on the cross, fully evident in our own lives. Spiritually strong, mentally and emotionally restored and healed, physically whole and healthy, and financially sound. Jesus, the gospel of the kingdom, declares that he died so that you and I may have life in abundance here on earth, not when we die and go to heaven. He wants us to experience life in all of its fullness. That's what the gospel says in John chapter 10 and verse 10. Jesus said, I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. He wants us to possess and experience every blessing, spiritual and material and physical, every blessing that he purchased with his own precious blood. And for you and I, by walking in the fullness of what he provided for us, we are sending a message to the world, and to the powers of darkness, 
we are proclaiming the praises of him who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light by walking in the fullness of what Jesus provided for each and every one of us. And for this reason, he provided the gospel, the proclamation of the good news of the kingdom of God. According to Romans chapter 1 and verse 16, the gospel is the power of God to save everyone who believes. It is the power of God. It contains the power of God to save those who believe in its message. But before we can experience all that Jesus purchased for us on the cross, there is something that we need to do, and that is repent and believe in the message of the gospel. I want to focus on that word, repent or repentance. Very important, that word, which is often omitted from the preaching and the teaching in churches around the world today. Repentance is a prerequisite for receiving the benefits of the Lord's sacrifice on the cross. Without repentance, there is no salvation. Without repentance, there is no deliverance. Without repentance, there is no blessing. Both John the Baptist and Jesus, when they appeared on the scene, the first message they preached was the message on repentance. Mark's Gospel, chapter 1, verses 14 and 15, we read the following. Now, after John was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom and saying, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. The gospel of the kingdom has the power not only to save us, but to turn the world upside down. That's what the scripture says. And this was written about Paul and Silas, on the missionary journeys when they visited Thessaloniki, it is written in Acts chapter 17 and verse 6 that the people said, these who have turned the world upside down have come here too. What a reputation to have and to uphold. The reputation went far and wide in the known world. Wherever Paul and Silas went, they caused such an uproar as they proclaim the kingdom of God and the gospel of the kingdom of God. The message of the kingdom is a simple one, yet so powerful that it can transform people's lives and creates an atmosphere of heaven where the presence of God abides and dwells. This is how powerful the gospel of the kingdom is. So when Jesus appeared on the scene, the first message he preached was repentance. He said, repent and believe the gospel. Now, the reason repentance is proclaimed before the kingdom is introduced is because repentance prepares the heart or the way for the kingdom to arrive 
and to take possession and dominion, whether it's an individual who receives the message or a family or even a city. It is the way of preparing us to embrace the kingdom and the King, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, without repentance, it is impossible for the kingdom of God to be understood or believed. It's not possible. And repentance, from my experience of walking in the Lord for many years and, and seeing and questioning and having conversations with believers, repentance is one of those words that, that not many understand today much less experience it. It is a misunderstood word. The word repentance in the Greek language means to change your mind, change the way you think. Because a change of mind produces a change of attitude. You cannot change a person without first changing the way he thinks. It's not an emotion. It's not even a feeling, not even a few tears of remorse, but a heartfelt decision to change the way you think about God, about yourself, and the way you live in your life. That's what it is. It is a decision of quality to change the way you think about God, about yourself, and about the way you are living your life. When I experienced for the first time this phenomenon called repentance, everything changed in the way I thought about God, the way I thought about myself, and the way I was living my life. This change of mind produced within me a deep godly sorrow, which in turn prepared my heart to receive Christ Jesus, not just as a Savior, listen carefully, but as a King and Lord over my life. Many believers receive Jesus as Savior only, but He is not Lord of their lives. That is not the gospel of the kingdom. When I received Christ, I understood that Christ is Lord and King, not just a Savior. That made all the difference in my own experience, in, in my own life. The day I made that decision, the kingdom of darkness was overthrown over my life. And a new king was enthroned over in the, in the seat of my heart, in the, deceit, in the seat of my decision making. A new day has begun and a new person was born. The past was wiped out, and the man who lived in the past, that very moment I accepted Christ as Lord and King, that very moment the old man died and a new being was brought into life. Pastor Frank preached a powerful message this morning to believers who are in Christ, in Christ. But to get in Christ, this is the first step. Repent. And believe the gospel. This is why the Bible declares that when a person receives Christ as King and Lord, he or she is a new 
creation. All things have passed away, the Bible says, and all things have become new. From there on, from that very day, in my own experience, in my own life, from there on, repentance became an ongoing experience in my walk with the Lord as my way of thinking changed and continues to change even to this very day about many things. So repentance is not a once-off experience. It is an ongoing experience as our minds are renewed with God's mind, with God's thoughts. I strongly believe, this is my personal conviction, that church people, well-meaning people, do not experience real change and transformation in their lives is because the kingdom of God has not yet come to them. And the reason being is because they have not truly repented or repented in a certain area where they are experiencing defeat and a cycle of captivity that continues to go on and on is because in that area they have not experienced repentance. They accepted Christ without repentance. And of course, they are not to be blamed for that. Because the preachers who preached to them omitted repentance from the proclamation of the gospel of the kingdom. As a result, they have not changed their minds in regards to who Jesus is, not just as a Savior, but as the King of kings and the Lord of lords, who they are and where they are going. They have been promised blessings without repentance. There is no such a thing. That is not the gospel of the kingdom. Jesus is Lord, not just a Savior. He is the king of a kingdom that is not of this world. When he is received as such, he brings with him the culture of his kingdom the mindset of his kingdom, overthrowing the kingdom of darkness in our lives. That's what the early disciples preached and introduced wherever they went. Peter preached repentance. Paul preached repentance. Everyone preached repentance. John the Baptist preached repentance. Jesus preached repentance. As a result, the Bible says they turned the world upside down as they proclaimed the king and his kingdom. Anyone who received this message, the message of the kingdom, experienced a drastic transformation, which in turn influenced the spheres of influence, influenced the work environment, influenced the neighborhoods, and even the very cities. Unfortunately, this is not what is preached today. Therefore, we do not see the results that the kingdom of God brings with it. We have people today who proclaim that they are Christians. They've been born again, living in an open sin and unashamed. Couples living together outside of marriage, wife beaters and abusers, adulterers, homosexuals, 
covetous, unholy, proclaim salvation because they accepted Christ. Family of God, listen to me. Let us not be deceived. The Bible clearly states that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. It's written, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 and 10. These people clearly have not repented. They heard and received a false gospel, a gospel void of repentance, not the gospel of the kingdom. They are truly deceived. The kingdom of God, when received, brings a culture of holiness, righteousness, and the fear of the Lord. And the Bible says no one will see the Lord without holiness. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And one of the major problems we face today in our church, speaking of the universal church, is that we are trying to teach and educate people who have not truly repented. Do you know how frustrating that is? Jesus said it is impossible to do that. Listen to what he said in regards to this. Luke's Gospel 5, 36 to 38. And he spoke a parable to them. No one puts a piece of a new garment on an old one. Otherwise, the new makes a tear, and also the piece that was taken out of the new does not match the old. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins or else the new wine will burst the wineskins and be spilled, and the wineskins will be ruined. But new wine must be put into new wineskins, and both are preserved. What is Jesus saying here? He's saying, you're trying to patch up and educate the old man about the kingdom culture. And he cannot receive it. He cannot understand it. It's impossible to do. We are endeavoring, Jesus said, to put new wine of the kingdom into vessels that have not been regenerated through repentance. We cannot introduce the kingdom of God to people who have not truly experienced genuine repentance. The gospel of the kingdom is received and experienced only by those who have repented. I am repeating myself here because I want to stress this important principle to the church. The gospel of the kingdom is one that proclaims Jesus Christ is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. This is one of the first things the gospel of the kingdom proclaims, the lordship of Jesus Christ. He has come to earth to overthrow the kingdom of darkness through his death, burial, and resurrection, and enthrone himself in the hearts and minds of those who receive him as king and lord. 
not just a savior. He has come to restore and to give us everything that was taken away from us through the rebellion of Adam, our forefather. The Bible says that he has come not just to save you from your sins, but from yourself. This is very important. From yourself, who always has the tendency to go your own way and rebel against God. Listen to what Isaiah says. This is the root cause of sin. Isaiah 53 verse 6 says, All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Here is the root and the foundation of all sin. We have turned to our own way. Herein is the reason for repentance. All of us have turned to our own way. Good people, moral people, bad people, immoral people, young people, old people, Jew and Greek have all turned to our own way. And without repentance, there is no salvation. Repentance, therefore, is what God demands for restoration. In fact, the Bible says in the book of Acts, God commands all men everywhere to repent. So turning away from our own ways and embracing the ways of the king and his kingdom, embracing a culture of another kingdom and living within that other kingdom while we are in this world. That's why Jesus said, you are in the world, but you're not of the world. When you get born again, you are transferred into another kingdom. You are a citizen of the kingdom of God. You have rights. You have privileges as a citizen of the kingdom of God. You are not of this world. Nothing that this world can do to you will affect you if you understand who you are, what your rights are, and what your privileges are. Unless this takes place in an individual, there is no salvation, no transformation, and no peace with God. For those who received Christ as King and Lord, Jesus says that it is the Father's good pleasure to give them the kingdom. Hallelujah. What a statement Jesus made. Luke 12, verse 32. Listen. Listen with your heart. Do not fear, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. The good news of the kingdom is that for those who repented and believed the gospel have now entered a new era, a new day, in which Jesus Christ, the King, rules and reigns over the affairs of life. And because He rules and because He reigns over your life as Lord, we become participants and partakers of every blessing heaven has to offer, every blessing in the kingdom of God. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us, past tense, 
God is not going to bless you if you are in the kingdom. He's already blessed you. He said, I've given you the kingdom. The kingdom is yours. It belongs to you because you are a citizen of the kingdom. All that the kingdom has to offer belongs to you. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We no longer have to strive to sweat for our upkeep. We are divinely provided for and protected. We are accepted in the beloved. We are loved beyond measure. We are adopted as sons and daughters of the living God. What a blessing. We are authorized. Christ himself has authorized you and I to live life in abundance. And not only that, authorized to exercise dominion over the affairs of your life and over the affairs of your spheres of influence. This is the gospel. This is the good news of the kingdom of God. Authority and dominion has been restored to us in order to rule and to reign through our King, the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's what Romans 5.17 says. These verses are so powerful. Don't just read them. Meditate on them. Think upon them daily. Scripture says, For by the one man's offense, that's Adam, death reigned through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace through Jesus and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. You are to reign over your life. Life is not to reign over you. You are to reign over your bad habits. You are to reign over your attitudes that are not uh, uh, agreeable with the culture of the kingdom. And we have the power of the Holy Spirit to do that. Furthermore, the gospel of the kingdom says that we are authorized to rule over the works of darkness in our spheres of authority, which includes our family, our places of work, our schools, and our city. When your children are sick, get mad at the devil. Exercise your dominion and power and authority over the evil one. Hello, are you still there? You have that authority. The problem is not many of us are exercising it because we don't know it. Or if we do know, we just know it in our heads. It hasn't become a revelation in our hearts. We have been given authority, the Bible says, to rule over our finances, our health, our well-being. We have the right to resist and overcome every diabolical scheme or weapon that is formed against us. Jesus said in Luke 10, 19, and this he said to the citizens of the kingdom of God, Behold, behold means look, see. I give you the authority to tremble on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Serpents and scorpions are the emblems of the evil one and his demons. And this promise, as I said, is given to the citizens of the kingdom of God, that is to those who repented and received Jesus as king 
over their lives. Jesus said that if we seek first, not second, first, the kingdom of God and his righteousness, or in other words, doing things his way, all the things we need shall be added to us. Things are added to those who seek first the kingdom and they walk in God's ways. They don't seek the things. They seek the king and his kingdom and the things automatically are attracted to them. They become magnets that attract the favor and the blessing of God because they pursue the king and his kingdom. This is so important, folks, for us to understand. Psalm 23 confirms that. How does that psalm start? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. If we are in want, what does that mean? Think. The psalmist said, The Lord is my shepherd, he's my Lord, he's my king, therefore I shall not want. If we are in want, it means that Jesus is not the one who rules and who reigns over our life. So what must we do? Simple. Repent and believe the gospel. Where you may need to repent in one certain area where you are experiencing want. But you say, well, I have repented. No, you haven't. Either Jesus lied or you are lying. And I'd rather believe the Lord Jesus. Why do I say that? Why do I say perhaps you haven't repented? Because maybe you still trust in yourself. You strive, you worry, you stress about your life, about your future, about your welfare. Perhaps you still think you're such a good moral person that God owes you because of your good works. Maybe it's because you trust in your religious activities rather than trusting in Christ Jesus, your Lord. That's not repentance. That's religion. That's what the Pharisee thought when he went into the temple to pray. Remember in Luke's Gospel, chapter 18, Jesus is speaking here and is giving them a parable and he says to some who trusted in themselves and the, that they were righteous and despised others. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. And the Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this tax collector. I fast twice a week, I give tithes of all that I possess. Do you think this man was repentant? No, this man was not repentant. He was proud and arrogant, thinking that God owed him because of his religious activities or behavior. But look at the attitude now of the tax collector. And the tax collector standing afar off would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven but he beat upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. 
I tell you, Jesus said, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Let me say this. One of the characteristics of a truly repentant person, he is broken. A repentant person is a broken person. A person who has a deep conviction of his own inadequacy, sinfulness, and utter bankruptcy outside of Christ. He has come to loathe himself, not just because of what he does, but because of who he is. The Apostle Paul said, In me that is in my flesh dwells no good thing. And then earlier on, he said in the same chapter, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body of death? When Isaiah saw the glory of God, the first thing he said was, O woe is me, for I am a wretched man, a man of unclean lips. Why? Because he had an encounter with the Holy God. You know, the night I repented when I heard the gospel, in the spirit, while this man was proclaiming the word, I had a vision of a mirror. And it was a mirror of God's holiness. And when I looked into that mirror, I saw how wretched, how miserable, how selfish, how unkind and cruel I was. And when I saw that picture, I could not help myself but weep and, and cry out to God from the depths of my heart. I was broken. That was the day I repented because I saw the holiness of God. And in that mirror of holiness, I saw how unclean, how filthy, how wretched I was. I saw how miserably I treated, how I hurt those that I loved the most. And my heart broke. And I repented. A repented person is one who realizes how deeply he has hurt and wounded the heart of God. And in the realization of that, he turns away from trusting in himself, from trusting in his own works, from trusting in his own righteousness, and he completely throws himself on the mercy of God and cries out, Lord, be merciful to me. That is a repentant person. And perhaps you have repented once in your initial experience of the new birth. But there are still many areas in all of us we need to experience repentance in our way of thinking. You may have strong views and opinions about many things which contradict the truth of God's word. Those areas need to be brought to the light. They need to be examined in the light of God's word, whether what you believe and what you think is in line with the will of God. I come across many people on a number of issues. 
they will not shift the position regardless of what the Word of God says. Those folks will never receive the blessing of the Lord in that area. This is the reason I say that repentance is an ongoing experience and an ongoing practice and not just one single event. And many in the church today hold religious views, beliefs that are far from the truth. And that's the reason they're not experiencing the freedom that Jesus came to give us. It was the Lord Jesus who said to the religious leaders of his day that their traditions render the word of God void of power. I know I come out of the Orthodox Church and my goodness, the religious traditions in that denomination render the word of God of none effect. And unless we repent, we will not experience freedom and deliverance. In fact, when some people came to Jesus and questioned him about those whom the tower of Siloam fell upon them and killed them, and Jesus said to them, I say to you, unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Jesus was very strong on the message of repentance. Therefore, we need to search, we need to examine our thoughts, our values, our beliefs, and see whether we are holding on to traditions of men and not the truth of God's word. And David showed us how to pray along those lines. This is a beautiful prayer. I pray this prayer many times. Psalm 139 verse 23 and 24, and I'm reading from the Amplified Classic Translation. Underline, meditate on this prayer. David cried out to God and he said, Search me thoroughly, O God. The Bible says that in his light we shall see light. Search me thoroughly, O God. Know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there's any way, any wicked or hurtful way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Pray that prayer often. Search me, O God. Is there an area in my life that I have not repented, that I have not changed the way I think? Search me. Turn the light of your spirit, of your word, and show me. Show me where I'm going wrong. Show me where I have not repented. And lead me, Lord, in the way everlasting. And here is the question that many ask. Is repentance a gift of God or an act of man? Is repentance a gift of God or it is an act of man? Paul speaks here of God granting them repentance so that they may know the truth. Here, here, Paul says, God grants repentance. Yet in other places, repentance is considered a person's own act. Jesus, for example, calls on people to repent and believe the gospel. Paul tells us in Acts 17 verse 30, 
that God commands all men everywhere to repent? What's the answer? I believe it's both. Repentance is a gift of God given to those who are willing to repent. On this view, God offers all who are willing the gift of repentance unto eternal life. But those who are not willing do not get repentance. In this way, God is impartial in his offer, but man is still responsible to accept or reject the gift of repentance necessary for salvation. And I believe this is an area <clears throat> where many in the house of God need to re-examine. One of the things that I believe uh, the church in general needs to truly repent of is the sin of complacency. Complacency. What is complacency? Complacency is you are satisfied with where you are and I believe complacency sends a message to God saying, Thus far, Lord, and no more. I don't want any more. I don't want to go any further. I'm satisfied with my growth. I'm satisfied with my uh, Christianity. I, I don't want any more. I'm not willing to go any further with you. That is complacency. You are extremely satisfied in other words, the opposite of complacency is desperation. Desperation, fervency, zealousness towards the things of God. And I believe the church needs to repent of this sin because this sin is what keeping us back, is what keeping us out of all that God has promised us. Let's pray. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you for the message of repentance. It is a life-giving message, Lord. And repentance is a beautiful word. It is a wonderful word because it enables us to change the way we think about you, the way we think about ourselves, the way we think about our lives and the way we live life. And I pray that you would grant each and every one of us true repentance in those areas that we're still struggling with, those areas that we are unable, Heavenly Father, to obtain victory and overcome. Help us, Holy Spirit, I pray. Let the light of the glorious gospel of the kingdom shine upon those darkened areas of our mind and expose those thoughts that we have embraced, those thoughts that we believed, yet have nothing to do with the truth of the gospel of the kingdom. And help us to turn, change the way we think in those areas, and embrace the kingdom and its culture, so that we may live life that will glorify you, that will proclaim your praises, the praises of him who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. Thank you for the gift of salvation. And I pray, Lord, that we will not only receive you as Savior, but as Lord and King over our lives that we will not make decisions independently of you, 
But every step that we take, every decision we, we take, whether it's small or great, that we will consult with you, that we will acknowledge you, that you are the Lord of our lives. For your word declares, in all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. We want to acknowledge you in every situation and in every sphere of our lives, for you are worthy, Lord, to be honored and praised, and we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources or more information about this ministry, come and visit us at alphaomegaint.org.za.